to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, here we are again. Second Sunday of Advent, listening to this really unpleasant prophet as Christmas approaches. You know, John the Baptist really isn't a particularly popular person to work up in cheery ceramics. And you really won't find him as a character in nativity scenes around town or even in your living room, perhaps. He, with his gaunt and forbidding appearance, wearing a dusty camel hair's coat and certainly not a smart blazer or pristine clerical garb like this, He doesn't go out to to Ralph and Kakus. He's out there in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey, smelling of poverty and desert discipline. Yep, this John the Baptist is not one that we embrace comfortably. And how many Christmas cards, I ask, do you receive depicting John the Baptist? Imagine this, if you will. Greetings from our house to yours. Our thoughts of you at this time of year are best expressed in the words of John the Baptist. You brood of vipers, the axe is laid to the roots of the trees, and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be thrown into the fire. Merry Christmas from the Greens. By and large, I think we really prefer that rotund, jolly, white-bearded fellow in the white velour suit with a bag full of presents for those who have too much already. (coughs) Yeah. But you know, all three of the synoptic gospels have John the Baptist at the beginning of the Christmas story. So the message is clear. If you want to get to the joy of Bethlehem first, you got to get past the Jordan River where John is. And, you know, getting right down to it, the church has always demanded this. If you really want to see what's in Bethlehem's manger, you must first confront this crazy prophet out in the wilderness whose sermons are as bitter and wild as the terrain. In short, no Jesus without John. Not a pleasant prospect, but, you know, There it is. That's why John comes ranting down so many Christian church aisles today, hurling invective, demanding to cleanse us of our delusions, all culminated with a cold dip in the icy Jordan River. Just what we would all like to do today, right? The kingdom of God is at hand, proclaims John. Good, we say. At last, God has come to give us what we deserve, 
to set us up, treat us right, soothe our pain, and take our side when the enemies line up against us. Therefore, repent, cries John. Therefore, do what? Repent? Okay, we'll repent. We'll turn around. Let's go. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the coming fire? Bear fruit of repentance. And we say to ourselves, yep, he's talking about the street hoodlums, the muggers, robbers, those mean-looking people that just want to take our money, our cars. He's talking about the perverts, the criminals, the sinners, not us. And then... Lo and behold, John comes right to us. And he's screaming. And don't say we have Abraham for our father. Don't tell me that your family has always been respected members of the Lutheran Church. That you're kind to your spouse and children and parents and support all the charities. And everyone thinks you're nice. Don't tell me that. Repent. Get a grip on your life. Change. I know who you are. I know your secrets. And you're no better than those others. Well, beneath our Christmas card cheer, our sentimental, stereotypical magazine advertisement image, we really are indeed fitting subjects for the preaching of John. You see... Beneath our celebrations of our human potential, our commendable accomplishments, and our cultivated self-esteem, really lies someone who is ultimately worthy of the preaching of John the Baptist, who is calling us, you and me, to account today, measuring our lives not by what nine out of ten Americans think, but according to what God demands. So I ask you, picture now this wild, unkempt figure sprinting out of the parking lot and into our sanctuary and running up and down the aisle and looking intently around the room and stopping in front of different parishioners with fire in his eyes, shouting, Repent! And everyone else is wondering what that unfortunate couple might be repenting of. But especially... We find ourselves hoping that he won't be glaring at us next. And now John is standing in front of the altar, scanning the room, and he seems he's scowling as his gaze notices the empty chairs. And there he is, saying nothing, leering, just there with his unsettling, wild presence. We find ourselves lowering our eyes, hoping not to be noticed. What does he want from us? How can we get him to go back to his, well, wherever he came from, to leave us alone? 
And yet his demand still echoes in our mind. Repent. Repent. Change. Okay, we'll do it. But what is it we need to repent of? We'll pause for a moment beneath his uncomfortable, leering gaze and think. Think, for example, of those brief moments, those passing instances that hardly anybody noticed when you were not at your Christian best, when an unkind thought or a bitter resentment found expression and stung another person's soul. Think of the moment when the opportunity for compassion or forgiveness or encouragement approached and silently passed untouched. Think of the time when righteous indignation or disappointment led to determined retribution. Oh, you did that to me. I'll get you. Just you wait. You better be looking over your shoulder because just when you least expect it, yeah. Or think of the instance when you held a blessing right there within your grasp, ready to offer to another, And somehow your hands remained in your pockets. And you think that perhaps nobody noticed. Ah, but God noticed. And so did you. And suddenly as you sit quietly in your chair, it seems to you that that horrible man, that John, is now looking right into your eyes And his lips are moving. And his voice is rising. Repent. Yes, you, right there. You. You too must repent. And what's worse, he is completely blocking our view of the Christian, of the Christmas manger. It's over there by the wall in case you're wondering. But you can't see it because John's in the way. But you see, that's his job. That's what he's about. And that's what this gospel is about. And that's what this liturgy is all about today. It will be through looking honestly at ourselves, at our failures and our shortcomings and our missed opportunities, that our vision will be sharpened. Then with clear eyes and and an honest appraisal, we shall turn our hearts once again to God. And at last, seeing ourselves for who we truly are, and with a justly chastened spirit and a new, a brand new resolve, we may begin our journey to Bethlehem. But it all begins today. No Jesus without John. No joy without the Jordan. No redemption without repentance. This morning, the prophet has spoken. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.